Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So you're looking to buy a crossbow. On this episode, I'm going to talk about what you need to look for in order to make the process of getting your first crossbow simple and easy. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are talking about buying your first crossbow and what you need to look for, what what factors matter the most so that you can make a better decision and more importantly, save time, save energy, and make this thing easier and not have to be so time-intensive, thought-intensive, and laborious. All right, so where do we get started? A simple Google search will reveal all sorts of different articles and methodologies for how to pick out a crossbow. All the factors, all the features, all the things to weigh, all the things to balance, all the things to know about. But here's the thing. Most of that information is only so useful if you've never been in the field with a crossbow. All right, so if if you've never gone hunting, if you've never been in a blind, if you've never been in a tree stand, if you've never been leaning against a tree, if you've never used a crossbow, all this information is theoretical. You could spend hours reading through all the categories, all the features, all the different specifications to pick what seems the most logical to you. And that wouldn't necessarily be a waste of time. But at the end of the day, it's all theory. When you get out into the woods and you lift this thing and carry it and hold it all day and use it and practice with it, what sounded like the more important features on paper to you may not be so important anymore. In fact, other things that you never thought about may become the really important features. 
it, it all changes once you've really done it and you've spent days using this tool or a season or two using this tool and you really know it and you get to you get a sense for okay what what what's what's what, what do i need here what do i like here what utility is necessary what is not necessary what features are just glitter on the back of the paper that you don't even see the way you hunt and the way you use it so there's a lot that, that goes into this thing that it's hard to know until you've done it. So take, take for example, buying a car. If you've never driven a car and you've never sat in a car and you've never used a car, how are you going to buy a car? What features are going to appeal to you? You may go through lists and lists and lists on all the different manufacturers' websites trying to figure out you know, what kind of car is best for me. And you can do all sorts of things and research all kind of things and look through forums and spend hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks researching. Find the one you want, get in it and realize, you know, the pillar is in the worst possible place for your height and you can't see anything and you've got a huge blind spot and the seat's not comfortable. And so what if they are air conditioned and heated seats? It hurts to sit in it. You know, what do those features matter at that point? And you've got other features that, that don't even matter to you, like the spoiler that automatically you know, opens up and lifts once you cross 70 miles an hour because you live in the city and you never go over 70 miles an hour. And all these kind of things where you know, if you had had experience with cars and you've driven cars and you've used cars, you would learn what matters to you and what fits you, and then you could make a decision that's good for you. So when it comes to crossbows... And I'm going to say maybe more than most other pieces of hunting gear, it is really difficult to make a good decision on what is best for you until you have substantial experience in the field using a crossbow. So the way I approach crossbows is the same way I approach uh, many other different kinds of gear especially substantive pieces like firearms or big pieces of gear. And that is, you need to get a crossbow, to use a crossbow, to get experience with a crossbow, to figure out what kind of crossbow you should buy. So, how do you do that? It's a catch-22, right? You, you can't use one until you get one, and you don't know what to get until you've used one. So, just like with anything else, I recommend that you go and you want if you already have one but most people don't if you can borrow one but not many people can look at the cheapest crossbow you can buy new or used now there's some there's some some features and, and stats that go into that i'm going to help you guys make an informed decision for that entry level step but guys i would not go out and buy a thousand dollar crossbow if you've never hunted with a crossbow one, you may decide you don't like crossbow hunting and that money is sunk. You may decide, oh, I got this $1,000 crossbow and after a season I realize half of these features I don't care about and the features that I really want aren't on this bow, they're on another one and now you're stuck with them and the resale market on crossbows is bad. All right, it is, The resale market on archery equipment in general is nothing like the resale market for firearms. You know, there are times where you can get a firearm, maybe sell it for what you bought it for, maybe get it, sell it for more, especially if you bought it used. 
the times change, the seasons change. Like right now, you know, when this is being recorded, you could sell firearms oftentimes for what you bought, what you paid for them, or sometimes more. But the thing about it is, you know, they lose their value quick. So getting a used one, sometimes you can get an amazing deal because people are worried, well, you know, they just heebie-jeebies. Is the string good? Do the limbs have enough flex? How is it treated? Well, you can get one. You can take it to, to you know, someone who, who services bows and crossbows, have them inspect it for safety. You can take reasonable steps there. But much of the time, a used one, can, you can get it for a great deal. But even still, there are a lot of entry-level crossbows that are priced very reasonably. So I recommend you start like that. You get a used one or you buy a new one that's an entry-level model. I'm talking, you know, 200 bucks or less if you can find it. And around the holidays, around certain times of year when there's sales, you can pick up a real crossbow for 200 bucks. And it will do the job, and it will work really well, and it will kill deer just as dead as a crossbow that costs $1,000. It'll do it. Um, It'll do it even with the cheap stock arrows that it may come with. Now, of course, better equipment is going to get you more utility, function, range, accuracy, make things easier. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, but so many of these things may not matter to you or certain ones may be more important than others. So if you're going to buy a cheap crossbow, what do you need to look at? So I think the first thing you want to think about is what is the speed of the bow? I recommend you get a a compound crossbow, right? Not a recurve bow, not some medieval looking thing. Get a modern compound bow and you want to have a speed of, I, I like to say 350 feet per second or more. That is the speed that the arrow is leaving the bow. So I think that is a good bait. Now, you know, if you had one that you, you like for 340, it's fine. 10 feet per second is, is not really enough difference to make a difference. But I like 350 or more as the baseline. So what does that mean? Well, that is going to give you enough power, enough speed to be able to punch out to 40 yards, maybe even a little bit further. And for most crossbow hunters, that's the furthest you are ever going to shoot. So, yes, bows that cost a lot more money can give you more range. But oftentimes, and there's a lot of factors to that, and I've done other episodes on it, you're probably not going to shoot that far or want to uh, because of all the different factors and conditions. But nonetheless, that's a bridge you can cross later. That's a debate you can have down the road. If you've never used a crossbow... You can be sure that you are not skilled and equipped and able to judge your distances and able to judge your aiming point and all of that at, you know, long ranges when you're just getting started. So you don't need to think about or worry about any of that. 40 yards or less is standard crossbow range for most crossbow hunters. 40 is usually right about the threshold. Some might shoot out to 50 but you're, you're, that's right around where 90% of people are going to be at. So to get started, you don't need to worry about more. You don't need to worry about faster. A nice 350 feet per second is all you need. 
anywhere from 350 to 370, you're going to find a lot of entry-level crossbows on the market. They're going to be cheap. They're going to do everything you need them to do. And guys, here's the thing you need to know. A lot of the more expensive bows, you know, $500, $800, $1,200 bows, they're still somewhere in that 350 to 370 range. Okay, yeah, you have some that get up faster, they go up to 390, they get into the fours maybe, but you know, you're paying, it's not like there's this huge advantage. If you spend 10 times more, you're not going to get a bow that shoots 10 times faster. Okay, it's incremental benefit. So 350 to 370 is more than enough power. All right, most uh, vertical bows are shooting significantly slower than that. Now you've got different weights, different different arrows, different weights, different lengths. All of that plays a factor, but you don't need to get any get into all that right now. All you need to know about speed is anywhere 350 plus is going to be more than enough to get started. Uh, if you see a compound crossbow that's rated at 200 feet per second, it's probably either a youth model or it is not what it looks like. It's not what you think it is. It is a recurve or it's something old or it's something, you know, practice model or something that is not, it's not what you want for hunting. All right. That's just, if you see stuff like that, that is not the right field for you to be picking in. 350 plus is, is, the, is a good zone to get started. What other features matter on a crossbow for your first crossbow? So speed, I think, is the first one. You got to have enough speed, enough velocity, enough range to be able to kill a deer. And guys, I can tell you that that is more than enough, even with the cheap arrows that the bow comes with. I watched a guy on a YouTube video buy a, a bow for, I think it was 170 bucks. 351 feet per second took it out into the woods climbed up in his tree stand with the with the three stock arrows that it came with which were terrible shot two deer from the same tree stand in the same day and dropped them both neither ran more than 30 yards all right more than enough power yeah it's cheap but if the power it's just like a it's just like a rifle if you have a 308 rifle that cost you 150 bucks and you have another 308 rifle that costs 1500 bucks. They're still going to have almost the same amount of power. The only thing that's going to change the power is going to be the barrel length. Might give you a little bit more velocity and power, but you're talking relatively identical power levels despite very different pricing. So it's not like you're going to get more power from a more expensive bow. If it has the velocity in a cheap package, it has enough velocity to do the job just as well as one that costs $1,000. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Um, so you've got that. The other thing is weight. Okay, weight matters. 
you know, a they have nice intro crossbows that are in the seven pound range. They've got some that go up to the nine pound range. Weight makes a difference. That two pounds may not sound like a lot, but it can end up being a lot by the end of the day. Now, if you've shot a rifle, maybe you've shot nothing. Maybe this is your, your first foray into hunting or shooting anything. But if you shot a rifle before or hunted with a rifle, you know the difference between a seven pound and a nine pound rifle can be substantial. If you're carrying it through the woods all day, it's amazing the difference that two pounds can make. But more than that, it's when you shoulder that weapon and you bring it up to bear, that couple pounds can be the difference between you able to comfortably shoulder it, take aim, be steady, versus you being wobbly and not able to hold it very long and your arms getting tired before you you have the moment to pull the shot. So you've got to it's got to be light enough for you to be able to utilize effectively. And crossbows, especially the cheaper ones, tend to be forward heavy. Which means it's going to feel heavier than it really is. So, you know, it's good if you can go to a store and you can hold a couple and you can compare them. You can buy them online too. But you want to look at reviews. You want to look at the actual weights. You want to compare that and think about that. If you're a smaller person, if you're a lighter frame... If you're, you know, youth, if you're, you just don't have a lot of upper body strength, don't be going for, you know, an eight and a half or nine pound bow if, you, if you're not confident in your ability to, to lift and shoot something of that weight. So weight makes a difference. Uh, it definitely matters. Now, people get into talking about all kinds of other factors like, okay, well, how loud is the bow? Okay, for this conversation, you're probably going to be louder than the bow, all right? You're probably going to make more noise and distract more deer than the bow is because I'll be honest with you, once you take a shot, I've never gotten a second shot with a crossbow. Never. I have never gotten a second shot. Hit or miss, there's never been a second shot. So if if the bow is loud or it's rated louder... Does it really matter? Now, for vertical bows, it can matter because the arrows are traveling slower. There can be enough split-second time from you releasing the string for the deer to actually move, drop, turn something, hear it potentially, and, and move or jump or do something like that that could impact shot placement. But at 350 or 370 feet per second at release... It is very unlikely that that's going to happen. Is it still possible? It is possible. But it is very unlikely. To the point where I believe it's so unlikely that it's not worth making that one of your core things. It matters more to have something that you can lift and shoot well than to have something that's five decibels quieter for the, you know, the very, very small chance that that sound would ever make a difference in your entire lifetime of hunting with that piece of equipment. I've yet to see it happen, though. You know, it's 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 the kind of thing that can happen. Guy, I've heard people, you know, talk about it happening. No one I know personally, just mysterious people on the internet, which I guess is also me, if, if you're listening to this. So I guess you take it all with a grain of salt. 
But at the same time, it's such a small chance that it's not worth fixating on. All right. A lot of people talk about trigger. You know, what's a good trigger? And I'm a person that believes that trigger pull on anything really makes a difference. But when it comes to a crossbow, here's the thing. One, you're shooting at 40 yards or less most of the time. At those distances, the difference between a high-end trigger, a middle-of-the-road trigger, and a low-grade trigger are not going to make a big difference on accuracy. Okay, Might make the difference of one or two minutes of angle. All right, and that's a minute of angle is, is essentially, it boils down to about one inch at 100 yards. So if you're talking about, okay, this trigger being, you know, not a match grade trigger is going to mean I shoot at maybe two minutes of angle worse than with a match grade trigger. You know, at 500 yards, that could be the difference between missing the deer or missing the kill zone. You know, that extra couple minutes of angle in terms of your ability to shoot accurately. But that's that's a one inch per minute at 100 yards. So two minutes, three minutes of angle at 100 yards is three inches, which is a huge range that a really bad trigger could make that much of a difference on your shooting, especially if you're not experienced. For most people who are experienced, a poor trigger is still not going to make three minutes of angle difference, but it could. Depends on how bad it is, I guess. But at 50 yards, a minute of angle is half of that. So even a, a, a terrible trigger that's going to cost you three MOA and it being horrible at 50 yards is only an inch and a half difference. And at 40 yards, it's a little less still. So the difference between a great trigger and a terrible trigger, in my opinion, is not enough difference to make a difference at the distance that you're hunting. All right, at, at, at 20 yards, it means nothing. At 40 yards, it means very little. At 100 yards, it's noticeable. It makes a difference. At 500 yards, it could be the difference between hitting or missing completely. But you're not shooting at 500 yards. You're not shooting a rifle. You're shooting a crossbow at probably an average distance of 20 to 30 yards for most shots. So the trigger doesn't matter as much for this as it does for almost anything else. Now, I would still rather have a good trigger than a poor trigger. Sure, who wouldn't, right? But does it matter? Is it worth investing hundreds of extra dollars to get a better trigger when you're just brand new, you're getting into it, you don't know any better? You know, I don't think so. Here's the other thing. You can't usually test the trigger pull on a crossbow. Okay, for a rifle, oftentimes, maybe not always, but if you go to a gun shop, you could dry fire it. You can't dry fire a crossbow. You have to cock it, put an arrow on it, and shoot it at something. At some shops, you might be able to test fire some of the bows that they have so that you could get a sense for the trigger, but that is more rare than it ought to be. If you can do that, then great. That gives you that extra data point. Most people aren't going to be able to test the trigger on the bow that they buy, especially if they order it online. So, you know, a there's not too many. I've yet to see, actually, a crossbow that had a horrible trigger. Okay? I've never seen one that had a horrible... You, you grab me and you're like, oh, man, that trigger is just so bad. I've never seen anything like that. 
Uh, at least nothing that's modern. You know, maybe in some old stuff. Even in bows that that you know that I've bought or shot, the, the trigger pull, even what I would say is not great, it has a long pull, it has some creep, and then uh, it doesn't go back after you if you let off before fo- following through on the shot. So like you pull the trigger and you say you pull it halfway and then let go, it doesn't go back. You've you've used up half of that trigger pull, so now you only have half as much pull for the next one. You know, do I like that? No. Has that ever made a difference in the field? Not one time, though. At the range, maybe, but never in the field. Because when I go to squeeze that trigger, you're not really pulling it, you're squeezing it. Uh, I just, it's, I've made the decision. I'm not pulling that trigger halfway incrementally and then stopping and re- rethinking it over. Now, it's all in one motion lift, aim, decision, squeeze. So in practice, in the field, it doesn't matter at all. Even though at the target range, you might say, well, I don't like that feature. It's not a good feature. In actual use while you're hunting, it makes no difference. And I'll be honest with you guys, even for rifles that I've shot that do have terrible triggers, and I've shot some, even owned some, that had absolutely hideous triggers, nine-pound trigger pull, wiggles and wobbles and jiggles and don't know when it's I mean just the worst thing ever usually while you're hunting it makes no difference it matters almost not at all hunting at less than 50 yards you don't even notice it most of the time so I, I don't think you should pay through the nose to get a great trigger pull on a crossbow that it's not like you could decide you know well I also want to hunt elk with this at 300 yards in the plain states someday, like you might buy in a 308 rifle and, and say, well, I want to get something with a good trigger so I can shoot at long range a little more accurately. You don't, you don't have those options with a crossbow. So the trigger doesn't matter that much. Uh, other things, people, you know, they get really obsessed with how wide is it? You know, is it, is it, is it 20 inches wide versus 18? Does it, does it compact down to 12? Does it matter how wide it is? So the answer to that is it could matter in some situations to some people. You know, it really depends. Um, I, you know, of course, the lower the profile, the more narrow, the more it looks like a rifle, the easier it's going to be to handle, the less things there are that you could bobble it against or anything like that. Sure. There's a reason why the $2,000 crossbows are super compact because super compact is an advantage. I don't know that it's a huge advantage, but it makes a difference. It does. It makes it easier. It balances things maybe a little better. You're, you're less likely to bump it in the things. If you're hunting in a blind, you're less likely to, to hit the wall of the blind or the person sitting next to you or whatever the case might be takes up less space that's just that's utility right that helps but that doesn't mean it it shoots any better doesn't make it any more accurate doesn't mean it kills any better it's just a little bit more convenient convenience good i like convenient uh, but how much does it really make a difference when you're hunting in the field are you going to is that going to make the difference between taking a deer and not taking a deer possibly but not likely so you know, in my opinion, okay, you're trying to find your first bow. 
I wouldn't pay hundreds of extra dollars for it to be a little bit more compact, especially when you don't know what other features might come with it. You know, what else matters to you? I would say save that for down the road. You might find after shooting a cheap crossbow for two or three years that more compact doesn't even matter to you. You don't care at all about that. Maybe you care about X. What other factors are, are involved here? Well, you've got, you know, the caulking mechanism. How do you pull this string back? You, know, you don't want to use your fingers to pull the string back. Not because it's hard, though it is hard. Not because touching the string and pulling on the string with your fingers is bad and could wear the string and damage it, because it can. You don't want to pull it back with your fingers because you're very much less likely to get it even on both sides, which could make it pull one side to the other, which would hurt accuracy. So the cheap ones are going to come with a caulking rope. You put a little hook on each side of the string. That hook runs along the back of the crossbow. You grab either side. It's kind of like a pulley. You pull on it. It keeps it even. You cock it. Then you put the string with the hooks on it in your pocket un until if and when you ever need it again during that hunt. It, you know, is it glamorous? No. Does it mean you have to carry a string around? Yes. Is it cheap? Yes. Is it easy? I think so. Other methods include uh, having the string built into the stock. So you open the back of the stock, the two handles are in there. You just grab those, pull those, that cocks it and they just zip right back into the stock so the string's not detachable. Is that more convenient? Yes. Does it matter at all in the field? Not really, because you're almost never gonna get a follow-up shot. Almost never, to the point where, at this stage in the game, I don't think it's even worth thinking about it. Other options include having a crank, either one that you attach or one that's built into the stock, and you turn that, and they have bad ones, and they have good ones, and they have great ones. And the great ones are completely silent. They're easy. They're fast. You can caulk it real quick. Um, you know, still not as fast as with a rope, but it's quick. You don't need any arm or back strength, which is the downside of the string. So if you've got arm or back problems, uh, or you just lack the upper body strength to, to do it, then that might be the best solution for you just because of that. But in general... You know, while those are easier, once the crossbow is cocked, it's cocked. You're gonna, you got one shot. You know, it's kind of like a muzzle loader. You're, you're pretty much never gonna get another shot. You got one shot, make it count. I like to cock it when I'm at the car if I can. If I'm hunting in a blind, I will cock it when I get out of the car, or even maybe before I even put it in the car when I leave my house. You do not put an arrow in it, but it is legal, at least in my state and lots of other ones to have a cocked crossbow in your vehicle. Not with an arrow knocked, but with the string pulled back. Because the only way to decock it is to fire it with an arrow in into a test bag or the ground or deer. So, you know, you gotta think about that. But I like to do it in advance. I'm not cocking it in the dark, in the blind. Um, I might do it in the tree, it depends. Because I don't know, if, but anyway, you know, I'll do that in advance, so it doesn't matter how it gets cocked. Once it's cocked, it's done. So paying more for that feature, I don't know how much it matters. Um, not at the entry level, because you're talking about utility, 
Now, when it comes to scopes, people pay a lot of money for a better scope. I think better scopes are great. I like better scopes. I'm all for better scopes. I think it's a smart thing to invest in, but I don't think it's something that's critical for the new hunter. A lot of your crossbows are going to come with like a, you know, like a two or a four power fixed scope, something like that. Maybe it's got lines on it for different distances, uh, which is helpful. But I would say stock scope is all that you need to get started with. You know, if you buy a $200 crossbow that comes with a stock scope, I don't think you need to put a $400 scope on top of that. I think the stock one is fine. It does the job. Learn how to shoot well with that. A better scope is going to give you more clarity. It's going to let more light in and let you see better in low light conditions. Those are the, those are the main features. There's not a lot of recoil. So it's not like on a rifle that that scope, you know, it really matters that it holds on tight, that it's not going to be damaged from the recoil and all those things. On a crossbow, you've got much less of that. And again, you're also limited to, say, 40 yards. So your adjusting on the scope is not as big of a deal than if you're shooting at two or 300 yards. So some of the, some of the minutia for rifle scopes is not as important because you're hunting at such short distances. So these are a lot of the main factors. Weight, of course, it can be made out of lighter materials, higher grade materials, things like that to save some weight, to, to cut down on that a little bit. You know, that can make a difference. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, is it worth paying for that as a new hunter? You know, I don't think so. There's different kinds of quivers. There's different kinds of uh, handles and grips and you know, adjustable stock. I think having an adjustable stock is good. A lot of the cheap ones come with an adjustable stock. It's a cheap adjustable stock. It's not the best. Uh, maybe it's a three position or something like that, but it's adequate to get started. So what I recommend you guys do is get a crossbow, a new crossbow or a used one that's modern. It'll have 350 feet per second or more to start with. Get one that is light enough for you to be able to handle and to manage and to shoot effectively. Practice a lot with it. The rest of the features, those can come once you've decided from experience. If you've never shot a crossbow and you've listened to this episode and you've heard me talk through all the features and you say, okay, well, those ones are important to me and those ones aren't, you think. All right, you don't really know. Logically, you say those ones are the ones that are important to me, those ones are not. But until you're in the field, until you've really hunted, until you've really seen what makes a difference to you, it's all theory. And I would say leave that for later. Try to get the best deal you can find on something that has enough speed, enough velocity to do the, to do the job that's light enough for you to use get that hunt with that for a season or two real and then you know one hand learn if you like hunting with a crossbow period but get to know that piece of equipment test it you know shoot regularly with it get good at it get to know it hunt with it hunt in different ways with it hunting trees hunting blinds hunt walking hunt sitting against trees learn what kinds of hunting you like learn which ones you do the most often and then you will just see 
you will come to understand what features make a difference to you. And then once you have that knowledge and insight after a year or two, you will know how to go and pick your next crossbow. No one will have to tell you. You won't need a podcast. You won't need to read articles online. You won't need to do hundreds of hours of research. You will know what matters and what's important and what makes a difference for you and how you hunt and the real hunting opportunities and locations that you have and what would make it better and easier for you. All right. That's what matters is getting that experience. And here's the other thing. I think a lot of people, their first season out, their first few times into the woods, they would not know the difference between a $2,000 crossbow and a $200 crossbow. They wouldn't know enough to know the difference. Yeah, one might be lighter. One might be better balanced. You might not be in a position where you can even notice that yet. You know, your arms hurt holding anything up, let alone a light one versus a heavy one. You know, it's kind of like people when they have their first baby. All right, that baby, whether it's a six pound baby, an eight pound baby, or a 10 pound baby, their arms hurt from carrying it for so long and trying to rock it to sleep and holding it for hours and your arms will hurt. It does not even matter how heavy it is. You know, for you, it hurts because it's heavy because you're just not used to doing it. I think a lot of that same kind of thing plays into when you're buying your first crossbow. You know, you don't know what kind of safety you like. You know, whatever safety it has, you you might not know the difference between a cheap one and an expensive one. Some things you might, but to me, I'd say don't risk that money. Don't invest that time. Save that money for other things or save it for the future. If you've got a $500 budget, I'd say get a $200 piece of equipment and save that money for next year to to put it towards or a season or two from now to put it towards something better. You know, I hunted with a super cheap crossbow for two or three seasons straight. And really, I'm like, you know, if I was going to buy a better one, I, I still wasn't even sure what features really mattered to me. To me, it worked perfectly. It did the job. It killed every deer as dead as you can kill them. It was effective. It was simple. It worked every time. Uh, you know, in time, I came to realize, okay, I would like a little more of this. I would prefer some of that. I think this would be better for me. But at no point did I go, oh, this thing is so cheap. It's not even worth having. It doesn't work. doesn't do the job. I can't depend on it. I never had one of those moments. Don't know anybody that did. Um, it, it, you know, you, you grow and you develop and then you see what would be better for you. And then you make informed informed decisions for purchasing based on your experience and what matters to you. I think that those are the most important factors. So that's my advice for you guys. I hope that's helpful. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review with a comment. It's the number one way to get this podcast out to more people and help expand the reach. Uh, the, you know, it affects the algorithm and everything else. Make sure you head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes. Head to YouTube. Check out the videos. Leave me a comment. Send me an email. Would love to hear from you guys. Um, would love to hear show ideas, things that you'd like me to talk about, recommendations, questions, whatever you got. Always like to hear it. I read every email that comes in and respond to everyone that's real. 
Uh, you know, not the spam ones, of course. But till next time, God bless you guys, and go get them in the woods.